0: Tennessee Titans stock. Guys, we have a real trade deadline.
1: <laughs> Show do. A lot of a lot of moving parts right now, and it's kind of it's exciting when we get this mid-season trade.
0: Are we really gonna have like a hot trade deadline or is everyone just bored on the internet?
2: I think there's a good chance there will be a bit of activity. It's starting to look like the Packers are seriously considering trading for Will Fuller from the Texans. Stephon Gilmore from the Patriots, the reigning defensive player of the year, is also on the block. And just for Titans fans, in a year where we've had several positions get hit pretty hard by injury, and in a year where we're going to be all in, I just want to say Titans fans, expect a sizable trade in the next week or so.
0: So tell us again, the trade deadline is the third, which is about roughly exactly a week from now, right? Or would it be Tuesday um, is the third? Yeah,
2: so we have six days left as of election recording. day.
0: Of the guys that we've heard or that we think might be available, let's talk about each of them and what we might have to give to get them, if we are a factor. John Robinson, I don't think, has made a trade deadline trade, but very few teams have in the four years he's been uh, the Titans football side. I think he would be aggressive, uh, and I think he would make the right trade. We have not traded a first-round pick uh, in his tenure. I think this might be – We've seen other teams kind of go all in. I think that we could be all in. John, let's start with that. Uh, do you think all of the war chest is available?
1: We know John Robinson. He values his draft capital. So I don't really expect him to get rid of a one. But at the same time, I think the first round picks have been arguably J-Rob's least successful track record. I mean, you look at Isaiah Wilson. You lo- I mean, obviously that's... Really soon to tell Corey Davis at five. Maybe he's more willing to give up that first rounder if he can get Jeffrey well. <laughs> all Timmy. right, so he, maybe he's 50 50. So maybe he parts with right. the one if he gets a five in return, uh, and, and especially if we're going to land a player like Stephon Gilmore, who is a proven commodity. Um, I think we could see it. At the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if J. Rob doesn't do a thing at all because of his, you know, how he regards his draft picks.
0: Gilmore is obviously the prize if he, in fact, is going to be dealt. Uh, he fits a need for us. He's a really good player. Uh, we've seen lesser players uh, come over, whether it's a trade or just be added midseason. I'm thinking Honey Badger and really bring a defense together. He would seemingly be a really good fit. He is under contract through the 2021 season for, so another year after this year. And uh, looking at his contract, it looks like he wouldn't be a very good cap hit next year. Uh, The prorated amount, I think his base salary is like $12.5 million this year or something. How do you feel about us getting him, and and what do you think we would have to give up?
2: Well, and given that we're only going to have to pay half of his contract for this season, we'll be able to fit in the, the remainder of his salary cap Under our current cap, we won't have to be like the Seahawks, where we have to trade a contract in return to make the money match. And I agree with John. I think it'll take a one to get Gilmore because the Patriots are sellers because they're in a rebuilding phase. But at the same time, Stephon Gilmore isn't as good as he was last year, one of the great coverage seasons ever. But he's still a fringe all-pro level corner. And any contending team would love to have him. He fits schemes really well. He's a great man coverage corner, which is easy to translate across systems. There's going to be competition. We've seen so many defenses on these contending teams, defenses that are just bad. And to drop in a strong CB1 for a first-round pick in a year where who knows what can happen with offenses being so explosive, I think it would take a one in. I don't know if J-Rob would want to part with the one. I think he would ideally want to keep that off limits, only part with a second at most. But if he thinks we're all in, if he thinks that's the missing piece, then why not go for it?
0: If he was ever going to part with a one, I mean, anything could happen, but I would think that pick is probably estimated to be 25th or later. So if he was ever going to do it, Gilmore, and the fact that there is, he's not an expiring contract and he's not on for like a huge amount of money next year and that he fits a, a, a big need for us, uh, wow. John, who else, what other teams have the need for him? Landon mentioned there's, uh, there's some needy teams and have the history of being super aggressive because – we know there's a half a dozen NFL teams that are way more aggressive than everybody else. Who else is kind of in the running? Well, before
1: this? I get that, I want to hit on something you just said about this being the year to give up a 2020 uh, a first round draft pick, and I couldn't agree more. Especially with the limited college football season we have, I think we're going to see a lot of first round talent just kind of taken all across the board because scouting isn't point. really going to be out, and you know maybe your first round picks aren't as valuable as they've been in years past. So. Yeah, if we're gonna finish with a really high first round pick anyway, and with the 2021 draft class being what it's going to be, and kind of a lot of uncertainty, I would totally be up for trading a first round pick. Now that you mentioned that, and I'm thinking about it, I would totally be up for it. But yeah, so I mean, other teams that who might be in on Gilmore, uh, I know Seattle, they've already we've 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 already seen oh, them make a make a trade for Carlos Dunlap, but they are one of the hottest teams right now and they've got a really leaky secondary. So I think they could be in play. I think the the Eagles are always in play because as terrible as it is, they are, uh, you know, contending for that division at two, four, and one.
0: No, I mean, they're they're the leader in the club. That's terrible
1: to say with that record, but yeah, I think they, they could be. Well,
0: he's like, he's like us. If they got, If they got him, they could get a lot more. Yeah, very much so.
1: Um, I think Landon landed on the Packers looking at wide receiver help. I think they can also look for secondary help. They're an attending team.
0: Well, they have two of the best corners in the league, but that would be adding to riches. But they are an all-in team. I
1: I think there are definitely teams that are looking.
2: Seattle, although they don't have a first-round pick for the next two years, so they would have to give up multiple day-two picks. I could see Chicago going all-in. Kyle Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson are two – great cornerbacks already, and then you would throw in Stephon Gilmore, and then your defense just becomes unstoppable, just trying to maximize their defensive window because they can't really add to their quarterback room. But at the same time, if neither Foles nor Trubisky is the answer they want to draft a new guy, what better way than to use your first-round pick? And if you have to trade that for Gilmore, you're essentially betting on your defense being like 80% of the 2,000 Ravens where it carries a bad defense, a bad offense, In a year where offenses are just smashing records left and right, is this really the year to buy into a defense carrying a team?
0: We'll see. And we'll see what the price is. I mean, they could be trying to rob somebody. But, you know, they're not that far off from the division lead. I I think they'll have to get good value to part with him. But but we'll see. Guys, who else that's either been talked about being on the market or isn't? Give me your ideal – we get this guy, and it's a guy that could reasonably be gotten. And what you think it might take to get him?
1: Well, I've got three How guys. Um, I've got, you know, obviously with Taylor Luan going down, Ty Sambrylo has stepped up, and uh, he's played okay. But what if he gets hurt? <laughs> we have no depth behind him. So oh, we yeah. have talked about this on a previous podcast. I think Riley Reef is a really good guy that makes sense out of uh, Minnesota, and I don't think right. we have to give up the farm to get him maybe it's a third, maybe it's a fourth, to get a, to get a replacement. You know, he was unhappy in Minnesota before the season, um, so maybe it's something that comes a little bit easier. You know, teams are – tanking teams with cancerous players are always more willing to part with them. Yeah, if, oh, if get he gets tackle, hurt, though. we are so, so right. screwed. You
0: are so – but he can go back to being yeah. a swing tackle, and that'd be great because he's uh, he's played a lot better the last two weeks than I would have thought. Um, impressed with him, impressed with John Robbins for finding this guy. But even then – I'd be more yeah, excited about I, that I would corner, too. I think. Because I think Adori yeah. can come back, and there's nobody coming.
1: Yeah, uh, I would agree. The other guy, another corner that we've talked about, we were texting earlier about Xavier Howard out of Miami. I think he definitely can be had for a yeah. corner ED team. And maybe he's the second domino after maybe Gilmore goes for a one, maybe Howard goes for a two. I don't know what that trade looks like, but he he'll be the second domino to fall if they're actually looking to move him. And then, one, that, Landon, I'll, I'll let you – you already know the third guy we are going to talk about that you're excited about um, out of New York, so I'm going to let you take that one if, if you want to. All right, thanks, Big Fel. I've only been leading the charge for the past two, three weeks,
2: and it's, <laughs> it's Brian Poole out of, out of the New York football Jets who look like the worst team I've ever seen in my life. He's on a one-year expiring contract, really cheap, easy to fit into the cap. And over the past two years, he's grayed out as one of the best slot corners in football – It's just the rest of the defense is so terrible that you don't notice how great he is. And with the news that Christian Fulham is likely to miss a few weeks, Ty Smith or Chris Jackson is going to be our cornerback three until Adoree gets back and gets healthy. And that scares me. And even if Adoree comes back and gets healthy, our cornerbacks have not been well. And to get a guy who's consistently played at a high level, who can fit under the cap without having to trade a contract back. I think he would only cost a fifth at most because he's an expiring deal. And the Jets have zero aspirations for the future about keeping him. It just makes too much sense. I'm just wondering why we
1: haven't done it yet. Well, I like that one. But I was talking about the other guy in New York who you've been drooling over as a dream trade. Big Q next to Big Jeff. Big Q.
0: (laughs) It depends on what they had to give up for him, but I think the guy's overrated. We're talking, of course, about Quentin Williams, uh, Alabama, third overall in 2019. I'd love to have him, but not at a big price.
1: Yeah, I I think he's immature, and thought that when he was drafted. Honestly, he gave the worst you know pre-draft interview I think I've ever seen in my life. But the man can he, he can play football, so I'll be curious if that's a serious rumor. Rumor is that the Jets are kind of over him. So I don't know, Land. What do you what do you think about Big Q? I
2: just keep seeing conflicting reports that they want him out. They don't want him out. They want him out. They don't want him out. And I think that just speaks to the dysfunction of the organization where. Something as simple as, is our second year, third overall pick on the trading block, on the hot seat or not? And we can't decide. But Typical think, Jets. But he would, he's likely to cost a second round pick if he does get moved. And while I would like to keep our, as many picks as we can, because with COVID, cap flexibility will be tougher to come by and rookie contracts are a great way to circumvent this. We get Quinn and Williams for a second round pick. We essentially have them for three and a half years on a cost control deal anyway. So it's essentially like we drafted Quentin Williams in the second round. And he just missed eight games this year.
0: Well, the Jets are so horribly bad and have a reason to be bad down the stretch. There's several one- and two-win teams that they're going to competitively dump whoever they can get any value for. You mentioned a uh, fifth round for pull. I think they'd be happy to get a fifth-round pick for pull. I don't know how many trades the Jets going to make, but they're going to uh, take any good offers, right?
1: You'd have to think so.
0: What other teams are sellers? We talked about teams that get in that Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Obviously, we know the Jets and probably the Giants, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who look better in the first couple weeks than they do now. They just can't get over the hump. They can't catch a break. Uh, What other teams are we going to see have some interesting lineups and maybe be sellers here? down the stretch. Of the I United think we could see some movement coming out
1: of Minnesota, movement coming out of oh, – uh, we've seen movement come out of Cincinnati. I think we could also see Houston be sellers, any of that. I've seen a lot of rumors about J.J. Watt going to New Orleans. I don't know if i buy that, but usually where there's smoke, there's fire. So I think they can definitely be, be sellers.
2: Any team that has one or fewer wins, which surprisingly is nine teams this year, a really unbalanced year in terms of parity, but like you said, any team that's already out of the playoff picture that has players on expiring deals or almost expiring deals, they'll be looking to trade. Like you said, with Houston, I think they could get maybe a second round pick for them. That would be huge because they don't have a second round pick this year. They also don't have a first round pick. So they're already going to suck. Anyway, they might as well bottom out and at least get a second round pick in return for JJ Watt, who isn't, really helping them accomplish anything over the past year.
0: Right. If I was the fan that won the raffle to be the GM of the Houston Texans, uh, everybody would be tradable except for Watson
1: Watson and Tunzel. I think even Tunzel, I mean, he signed a big extension, but I think he can be had too. Um, I mean, it would be, it'd be a terrible, we talked about it in a previous episode. It'd be a terrible message to Deshaun Watson, uh, but I think they're really open for business. Um, I don't think the Cowboys have much worth trading. Well,
0: that's. I was going to bring up the Cowboys too. They would try to be in it, be competitive, except for their quarterback situation. Is like, I don't see them
1: catching Philly. Dallas has issues at quarterback, but they're in a, a probably the worst division in football. You know, we ha- we we see that they have talented, skilled positions. What do you think it would take for the Cowboys? to trade for Marcus Mariota from the from the Raiders. I mean, obviously Derek Carr has looked pretty pretty good, and I think his job is safe. And Mariota now activated off of IR. Who knows? I mean, just a possibility, maybe?
0: Well, I think it is a possibility. I, I think they are going to trade for somebody, most likely. But they want to trade for somebody that's been out on the field. They've watched two guys get injured. Marcus Mariota is an injury waiting to happen, unless he's fully healthy. But he hasn't been on the field to, to see that. Otherwise, I think they would yeah. be I think uh, Mariota is away. one
2: of the names, not the name. I would look at personally, but he's one of them. I think he would probably just fetch the Raiders six, maybe a fifth. I know Gruen liked him. He brought him in, but at the same time, Mariota pretty much missed the entire offseason in the first half of this year. And he only signed a two-year deal, and Derek Carr has played well. It's, it was a reclamation project that didn't work out. They don't have any ties or reasons to be attached to him and at the same time i w- i just don't know why dallas won't just trade for ryan fitzpatrick instead
1: i think the dolphins are going to be less likely to give up fitzpatrick he served as a pretty great mentor to tua and i think they he's their insurance policy cuz like marcus tua could very easily go down with an injury we've seen him you know get hurt pretty big in his career at uh, at alabama if he might not be as available as everybody thinks
0: i wonder that too because they have been good Went to the playoff a couple of times since Marino retired, like before Landon was born. Won't they give that to their fans and just have him be insurance? I mean, is it worth a, what, a fifth-round pick? He and the rest of that roster have played themselves to 3-3. and They have an opportunity. King is dead in the AFC East. If they don't go all in, I think their fans are going to be just absolutely pissed. Start two of that's fine. But don't dump a guy that you know can play well. When quarterbacks play, is the most thing. Right. And he's played pretty well this season. For him. Well enough for him to be three and three, absolutely. And plus, even though he makes mistakes and he is inconsistent, people talk about Oh, he's up, he's down. Okay, he plays his heart out. John, you've been a player. I mean, the guy plays. So it's like, like the passion, the emotion that he has on and off the field. Keep right. Yeah. Roster, I mean, man. you're That's not going
1: to not going to win any, anybody over by get getting rid of a a locker room favorite. I mean, you know, honestly Fitzpatrick's response to the whole Tua starting was incredible. You know, he said it rips his heart out, but he's so excited for for Tua and to be a mentor and to give this young yeah. kid this opportunity. Um so it just speaks so much about Fitzpatrick. Honestly, if he were tradable, I kind of want him to get traded cuz then he Pretty much would have been on every team in the entire league. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and uh, he yeah. keeps playing and has uh, fantasy interest and all that. Uh, <laughs> I- I'd love to see. I don't know why. Uh, I think there's five teams that would like to have him. Just depends on what it would be. But for them to give up a guy that's seen them through a really tough time for like the 180th pick in the draft uh, in a draft like you yeah. previously mentioned that we don't really are going right. to know that much about. It's like, I don't get that. My pick would be Dallas for him, but. Uh, We'll see. I know our friend Darry mentioned Tyrod Taylor. Uh, could be a decent fit, and I think he could be had because Herbert has just looked so good and so interesting. Oh, yeah, we have
1: a game. (laughs) Guys,
0: let's talk about the Bengals. (laughs) Yeah, we have a game that I'm very excited about. Y'all know I say this every week. They're all trap games. Cincinnati um, has took a lot of teams to the wire. They took another one last Sunday. They took Cleveland to the wire. They have some big weaknesses. They're not a complete team, but we all know they have Landon's (laughs) fake older brother, (laughs) <laughs> Joe Burrow, who has looked good when he's been standing up straight. He's taking a beating. I worry about that for his long-term stuff. But going back and watching the Cleveland game, he's a really fun guy to watch. It's like when we get guys that would come in here when we went to the games up until this year, man, I just kind of want to see him. I want to see what they look like in person. And uh, Burrow is, is that guy that you're excited to, to see him play the Titans, right?
2: Well, he does have good receiving weapons. His offensive line has been terrible The first three games, they were giving up 17 pressures a game. As of right now, they're giving up four sacks a game. He's fumbled eight times because he never has any time. And just looking ahead to the injury report, Trey Hopkins, their center, and Jonah Williams, their left tackle, are both unlikely to play this week. So an offensive line that's been Mm -hmm. terrible all year is about to get even worse.
0: I didn't know that Jonah Williams wasn't playing. That's the big thing. The only ridiculous thing about that offensive line have been the two tackles. And so uh, he's going to be uh, he's going to be a tackling dummy this Sunday because he that's the only thing keeping the good Jonah Williams Landon. What's well, the as I mentioned earlier, Christian Fulham is
2: likely to miss a game or two due to a knee injury. He's not going to be put on IR, but he will miss time. So you would hope to think that Adore Jackson, who wasn't activated to play on Sunday, will be activated this week. But otherwise, it just looks like a typical rest week for all our veterans. Jeffrey Simmons popped up not injury-related. Otherwise, it's just Jonathan Joseph, Jadevian Clowney, Dennis Kelly, a bunch of older guys who get scheduled rest on Wednesdays.
0: So we've seen Burrow do well with a little time. Considering the injuries and setbacks on their offensive line, we're going to have to absolutely capitalize on that. We say that every week, but I think we have a good chance to do that with everybody kind of being healthy. I expect Simmons and Clowney to to have a a big day. Adoree Jackson. Your gut feeling, Landon. Are we gonna see him some? My gut's
2: been telling me that he was gonna be active for both the Texans and Steelers games, and that turned out wrong, but he was officially activated about a week ago. Just the Bengals have three good receivers. No matter where you put him, he's gonna have a good matchup on him. You can't just ease him in. I think this is the ideal week to do it if he's fully healthy and ready to go. He's been working on side fields, Vrabel has said. I just have to think the only thing keeping him back is his comfort level.
1: Yeah, so the Titans, we open up as John, road favorites. We are five-and-a-half-point favorites um, uh, over the Bengals. And um, honestly, after this injury report kind of gets posted, and like what Landon said, if we if we learn that those two tackles are officially out, um, I expect that line to increase.
0: Watching their game last week, the only thing that kept Burrow from single-handling winning that game was Denzel Ward. Uh, we don't have it in Zell Ward. And so if we don't get pressure on him, I think he's going to light us up if Adori, for some reason, doesn't play in this game either. Uh, they've got, uh, what, two more weeks after this before they have to activate him or put him on the 53 man roster uh, as the rules of the part season IR they have now. But Burrow is a threat to really pick us apart. I mean, the kid is all guts. Uh, with or without an offensive line, obviously, they've, uh, he's, he's been sacked, I would say, more than anybody in the league this year.
1: He's currently ranked third in the NFL in passing yards with 2,023 behind Matt Ryan and Deshaun Watson. As a rookie, um, he's thrown five picks, but he's also thrown nine touchdowns. I think they have some quick speed out there. You know, they've got bigger receivers, which is where we usually struggle. They've got A.J. Green, who is showing some signs of life. They've got T. Higgins.
0: Who's really, in the last three weeks, uh, given an opportunity, T. Higgins looks like,
1: yeah, I, a, a really I think, good, like you said earlier, this uh, really is retriever. a trap game, you know, by every sense of the definition, um, you know, not expecting much out of the Bengals is when usually a team is most dangerous. And I think I don't want to say I'm glad we lost to the Steelers, but part of me is glad because this they're not going to take this team lightly. They realized that they had an opportunity to go six. zero, and it didn't happen. So now we got to go to six and one. And that is going to be huge in this AFC race. I wouldn't be surprised to see us play one of our best and most complete games yet. At least I hope so.
0: Lennon, you look at some teams, you look over their roster before we play them, and you think, what what have they been doing with their draft picks the last five years? This is one of those teams. On defense, they have had a really good player for a decade, Geno Atkins. He's only been average this year. Uh, When Titans fans are watching them Sunday, Well, their best best defender by far is Jesse Bates, their Their free
2: safety. By PFF, he's been the best safety this year, and he hasn't been close. And I think that's a fair assumption. He's been the best center fielder. And given how we like to push the ball downfield, throwing the defense deep, he's going to be around the ball. He's he's probably going to make some plays. This Bengals defense, Titans fans are going to think, oh, Baker Mayfield, who looked terrible against the Steelers, threw for 300 yards and five touchdowns. How good can it be? They just think it's a bunch of scrubs all over, but – Jesse Bates and their secondary is a bit underrated, but it's just their front seven and their rushing defense in particular just lets the whole entire defense down.
0: I think that's a that's a really good way from what I've watched and reviewed on them. I, I think that's well said. John, as far as our secondary, what's the game plan for? Landon mentioned three good receivers. A.J. Green, the people are hard on him because he's just average now, but he is an average or better receiver still uh, now that he's finally healthy again. T. Higgins has a lot of potential. He's a big, rangy guy. Tyler Boyd is that guy that you never see him break a tackle. You also don't see him drop a lot of passes. What with well, I'll tell you what, I haven't really
1: liked What's the way we've the been playing in coverage all year. I think we give far too big of a cushion, um, and it's because our our corners are afraid of getting beat deep. I would like to see more man coverage. I want to see I want to see them play these guys close because I think that as good as these guys are. I don't think if if we play them tight, they're going to be able to break away. Uh, I could be very wrong about that, but I think we're like dead last in passing defense. I think we have to change it up and do something a little different. Getting a Dory back gives us speed and um, I think some confidence in that secondary. So I, I want to play these guys tighter. I want to play them tougher. To to I want to force Joe Burrow to throw guys open, which I don't know if he's able to do. I want him to process as much information as he can because that's why he's been sacked the most in the league, 28 sacks. So I want him to have to sit back there and try to find the open man and then throw him open. And I think that if we can do that and we can force him to do that, he's going to overthink it. He's going to make careless throws, um, or he's going to hold onto the ball too long and get sacked.
0: I think it's interesting you said that because if you watch his safety. He does force the ball because I think he has so much belief in his arm uh, and his ability to process and get it there. He threw it in his award all last Sunday, which is the one thing you don't do if you play Cleveland. So uh, mm-hmm. force him to right. have to go to that third or fourth. And season. hey, so honestly, thing it, it'd be them. a great
1: get right game to to get our edge rushers some confidence and some, and some sacks. And I think that is going to be huge. In a perfect world, let's say Clowney gets two, Beasley gets two, Landry gets one, and Big Jeff gets one. I know that's really generous.
0: Well, they've given up like four or five on average. I, I'd be okay with just constant pressure. Uh, sack is a number that's good. It's, it kills the drive. I get it. But people are so hard on Jaday and Clowney and our fan base. Go back and watch our games last year so much of right. the time. No pressure. At least Clowney is in the guy's face. Uh, so, I mean, I like Clowney. I think, he, I think we did well to get him. <laughs> and I just want Clowney to – Chase Burrow all over the field Sunday. I would love if he gets him down to the ground, but he just needs to not make it where this very talented kick and just look for these six foot four uh, receivers and do something. They'll, they'll beat us if he does that. So I'm confident that uh, everybody, I've been impressed with Landry more in coverage and tackling than I have pass rushing. But I think since we have two other guys now that are as good or, or better than him, I think we've seen him score play a better role for him hopefully we'll do more of that we are dismissed from this top tier because our defense has been so bad but I see where we can get better I think two of our better players didn't play for us last year one of our better players is injured Um, I think we are getting used to having a new defensive play caller and uh, my hope is all that comes together and starting Sunday
2: the league's best team in terms of forcing takeaways and sacks we minimized mistakes we had zero turnovers And right now we're first in turnover differential in the entire NFL. And I expect us to say that way. The Browns' offense looked terrible against Pittsburgh. They scored seven points. Then against Cincinnati, they scored 37. Baker Mayfield gets benched against Pittsburgh. Then he looks like an all-pro against Cincinnati. Our offense gave the Steelers their toughest task all season. This Bengals defense, it's going to be like a walk in the park. There's not going to be T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward and Bud Dupree rushing Ryan Taniel, he's going to feel like he has time to make a picnic in that offensive line.
1: I think you're completely right. I, I, I want an explosive game. I think we have to to, like Landon said, um, in Pittsburgh, we were slow starters. That's something that we we've always talked about. We cannot afford to be slow starters on the road uh, against uh, a, an opponent that should that shouldn't be taken lightly, but one that we can easily beat. So we have to come out fast, we have to come out efficient, and we have to show them that we're the better team. (laughs) and Establish dominance early.
0: Right, I think Landis' point where we don't really turn the ball over, when you lead the league in that statistic um, this far, it's not really a fluke. We just protect the ball well, and the guy holding the ball for us, Michael Wood hasn't made a lot of mistakes. He seems really comfortable back there. We need Tannehill to have the time to sort of operate, and I think the game plan is going to be good. I expect Shawnee Smith to be totally healthy, and uh, I think we yeah. should absolutely, because you just think about on that defense, yeah, Bates is good, Land makes a really good point, I don't think the average, uh, I don't think the average tight fan has heard of Bates their safety, <laughs> but they will, I mean, he's really good, other than that, I don't know who is going to tackle Derek Henry on this team, because Geno Atkins is really not as big of a factor, I know Geno Atkins is great, but um, they traded Dunlap, and um, you know, they've got Carl Lawson, but Who's going to tackle him at that next level? That's the question, and I hope it gets answered uh, Sunday because that's those are your easy wins, like, you know, when he just yeah. goes off and runs. And ch- I hope we chew up the first quarter the way the Steelers did on us because we have every ability to do that. But Burrow is new to this league, but he is talented. If I he's would agree. a good quarterback. around. We all know what can happen.
1: Tied for second to last. And-
0: John, I mentioned the fact that our pursuit is better from last year, but our sack number isn't.
1: We know that Davion Clowney is worth the money that we paid. However, we paid him for sacks. We paid him, we, we paid him to show up in the stat sheet. Same with Beasley. And right now, we are tied for second to last in sacks on defense with eight. The only team that's worse than us right now are the Colts with six. And I mean, you saw them make that trade for DeForest Buckner. He's not really a sack guy. He's more of a run stuffer, but um, <clears throat> you know, we spent that money to get pass rushers and, you know, I think we've got three really good ones, not even counting big Jeff talking about Landry, Beasley and Clowney. So I, like I mentioned earlier, I think this is a get right game. And I think we, we bounce that number up quite a bit. Uh, maybe we get five, six sacks in this game and really just jump to the top on paper and get these guys some confidence. I mean, it'd be great. He's incentivized to get sacks with his deal, so it'd be great to have his motor running at a high level. Same thing with Beasley.
0: That's it for this week, guys. Uh, looking forward to this game Sunday, CBS, twelve o'clock. Announcers are TBD. So um, tune in to Mike Keith on one oh four five. four five. Cut your TV down and line them up, uh, guys. I'm really excited. More, more football. Follow us, however you listen to us. Rate us for whatever weird reason that really helps, and. Share this podcast with a friend. We'll see you Sunday and we'll be with you for a reaction. Tighten up.